One might think that uh, at episode 72, all the technical issues would be ironed out. (laughs) One of us decided... Hey, that's why I wanted to use Zoom, because Zoom is less of a strain on resources than Skype is. Oh, suddenly Ryan's Professor Zoom. That's why I wanted to use Zoom. Because that was working great. That's why I tested it last night. I think, like, all I would have had to do, if you would have gave me a few more minutes, I could have just... Because all I did when I came over to Skype was unplug it from the back... uh, Unplug the cord from the back of the mic, and then it worked. Well, didn't Chris ask about that? No, he did not. He asked if the red light was on. Dick. Of course the red light was on. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality... And the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. Welcome to the 72nd episode of the SSEU podcast coming to you live from one of human history's, uh, at least in modern history, one of our worst experiences yet. It is stressful. A lot of us don't know what to do. We don't know what the future looks like. But I promise you, we are going to get through this bracket. Uh, Jason has put it together. We are trying to decide on the best sports movie. If you haven't seen it, go on Twitter. Find Jason Cooper's Twitter account. Tweet some obscenities at him. Make sure that Sandlot is defeated. Yes. You can reach us at sseupod at gmail.com. Have uh, you guys been paying attention to the bracket? I have, actually. And uh, But first, boy, what a bleak opening. Must be a tough week on Tinder, huh? Social distancing got you down? Well, it depends on uh, how you feel about sexting and, you know, the video stuff. Eh, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Plague, how are things in in uh, the Taylor household? Things in the Taylor house are good. Um, as good as can be expected, I suppose. One child uh, is sort of gets up, does his, does his work, does his schoolwork, um, does what we tell him to do, walks the dog, you know, and then plays Xbox and has been very orderly and sort of taken as it comes. The other child uh, hasn't showered in days and can barely get dressed so you know it's <laughs> i would say the children are reacting differently to the uh the challenges what, of the what do you mean this is life. interesting this is interesting because you it sounds reversed as to what i would expect i would think that frank five would be the one who struggles to shower one would think yeah okay but no it's a uh, young maggie that seems to to be uh despondent and what do not you, give, a, what, can't give a shit about bathing. What do you mean she can't get dressed? Like she's physically incapable? Uh, she, she's just kind of, you know, listless and doesn't care to get dressed. She's not interested in getting dressed. Uh, ha- she's capable of it, but she's choosing not to. Have you guys left the house at all? Uh, occasionally someone will go to the store with someone will walk the dog take walks in the neighborhood but it it, but it's been yeah three or four days since we've guess on sunday we went there's a local bakery that's doing takeout obviously downtown we went to get some some treats at the bakery that was the last kind of family outing well you have to be pretty pleased with yourself this is pretty good timing to get a dog oh yeah 
like the dog has been uh, something to walk yeah. and something it was like to I feel yourself. like a, yeah I feel like a genius because <laughs> you've had this dog for the what, dog. what three weeks uh, I think about five so yeah okay. we got her yeah. February tenth um, yeah. but yeah it has turned out I mean it's sort of the the thing I feel like it's the thing that's keeping everyone sane how much toilet paper do you have. <laughs> We just got some from Lord Bezos today, okay. so so I think we got a few a few more uh, a few more packs. So, so you're not at the point of rationing yet? No, nope. no, we're, we're I think we're good on the toilet paper. Flag, I really enjoyed the photo you shared of of uh, the um, your wife uh, teaching your children how to clean the bathroom. Yeah, as as just yeah. like this is this is what we're doing in in quarantine, <laughs> kids. Yep. You're learning a new skill here. I have also used Amazon to order stuff. Although when I tried to order toilet paper and a box arrived, Chris pointed out (laughs) that that's not toilet paper. (laughs) Those are paper towels. (laughs) Yeah, like he took this, proudly took this picture of bounty. Yeah. That that he received from Lord Bezos. And uh, I was so proud of myself. I'm it. like, dude, bounty doesn't make toilet paper. <laughs> That's gonna clog the pipes. <laughs> so, what do you? How many rolls of, of paper towels did you buy? Uh, I don't know. It was a big box, and it was filled with like 20, 24, however many that is. I uh, also went on Amazon and ordered something uh, else. I never thought that I would buy this, but I've been hiking. And since I'm practicing the social distancing thing, I go hiking alone. I won't ask someone to touch my camera or my phone. So what did I have to do? I ordered selfie stick. I ordered a selfie stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's arriving tomorrow, and I'm so excited. How is the Haberman household? Uh, things are pretty wild here. Like we can't get too upset with Isaac for having tons of energy because he has a muscle disease, and we're just thrilled that he's able to jump and leap and do all kinds of physical things. Uh, but I mean, being cooped up all day, part of that was just I was very sick, and Meg was going to work, so I was like sitting in the couch trying not to move, and the kids were just like, "Last week, I was the worst parent ever. I was just trying to survive because uh, I don't know if I had coronavirus, but I had something bad." By the evening, Isaac was leaping off the couch again and again and again and doing these twists and spins. Um, and he's, he's just looking for an outlet for, uh, for his energy. Um, he, it, we would go out in the evening. Uh, well, <laughs> Meg would take them out back and they would go on the swing set for like an hour and a half and jump off the swings. And, and last night he was trying to sled down our, our hill uh, that we have, um, except there's no snow. Um, so... <laughs> That did not deter him in any way. But did, uh, so, did, did you not order, uh, like, a new swing set or something like that for him? We did get a new swing. Uh, so we have two regular swings, but we ordered a, a web swing, which is larger. Like, two people could sit on it. Like, it's, it's just, like, a different kind of swing. And they're enjoying that, too, but just swinging in general. And they rediscovered, you know how you get them something cool, um, and it, it's cool for a little bit, and they forget about it. They rediscovered the fact that we have a, a trampoline indoors. Like, so not a huge one, but just like a small indoor oh, one. Oh, yeah, in the basement. Um, in the basement, yeah. And so like he's been spending like last two or three days a lot of time on that, which is which is good. We got we've and and also like we finally got homework from school, and so we're doing that, including PE. Isaac was doing jumping jacks and uh, wall push-ups, which is nothing. Like 
you stand and put your upper body against the wall. Yeah. (laughs) He could do those, and he was supposed to do 10 sit-ups, and he couldn't even do one. (laughs) And I was like, that's all right. It's fine. Maggie got some bizarre uh, workout regimen from her PE coach, too. It was just ridiculously extensive, like an hour every day. And this is a kid, She, I think she has gym like two days a week, right, for 40 minutes. You're and like, suddenly what? she's what? like, what she's happened? Like burning like 6,000 calories. Why are we moving to Olympic training mode once <laughs> we're in virus land? You should be thanking the PE teacher. <laughs> this is a good thing. Yeah. So how's homeschooling going, guys? Sounds like Flag 5 is, is doing great. Yeah, Flag – I mean it's – to call it homeschooling uh, is not accurate. I mean they, they get their lessons from their teachers and we sort of monitor what they're doing but um, make sure they're they're doing it. But I have no genuine involvement in the, in the well, teaching. Well, your involvement comes in the evenings when they have their nightly uh, viewings of – Yes, yes. Yeah. So they can learn about uh, gay polygamy and other topics. So, Ryan, um, you said that when you arrived home this evening, Piper was chasing two of your boys around with a rolling pin? Yeah. Uh, I walked in, and I just, all I could hear as soon as I got in the garage was just screaming. I thought about just staying in the garage. <laughs> but I should go inside. So I go upstairs and just like, yeah, like Jack and Rhett are screaming at the top of their lungs and Piper is chasing them with a rolling pin, trying to hit them. They're like jumping on the couch and she's like at the front of the couch, hitting it on the couch, trying to hit them. And so the boys look genuinely scared. She's hit them with things before. So (laughs) like, I think she thinks that's her only recourse against them because they'll take stuff from her. So they were right to be afraid. Self-isolation has also produced some uh, fun videos online. Uh, there was the lady who was uh, trying to record, was it a lecture or something? Uh, I think she's Ita- Italian or Spanish, maybe Mexican, I'm not sure. And then the dude shows up uh, behind her in his underwear. She tries to wave him away. He runs into a door or into a wall and then heads back the other way. And it's great. That video is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, we will have to retweet it because it's so good. But I think that the better one is the uh, Zoom call where there's, I don't know, a dozen people on there. And suddenly you see movement on one, like a, a woman's walking through her house. And and the meeting is just continuing. And they notice that she sets down her laptop and sits down on the toilet. And suddenly the conversation just like stops and then like the the person who's talking doesn't really notice it, but other people are like, uh, um, uh, <laughs> and then she realizes it and grabs her computer. And uh, I I don't know. I if I were her, I'd quit my job, change my name, move to a different city. I could never go back to work with those people after dropping trow and sitting on the toilet uh, without realizing that I'm on a video. She did call. not. She did not understand that video was was on. I don't know if she thought she muted it uh, and like heard people like, <laughs> like kind of laughing at her. I I, I don't know because yeah, like you can, as you know, flag. I'm sure you've like paused the video and gone to get a drink or something, or or you would never do that during a staff meeting. I'm a, I'm a Zoom expert. Yeah, I know about all that now. Yeah, extensive training last week. How did your how how have your Zoom meetings gone, flag? They've gone well. Um, I must say we've gotten 
mixed messages from the administration. At first, it was kind of, um, you know, surge ahead, hold your classes on Zoom, and and um, you know, keep keep up standards and and teach well. And then, so that was sort of one message. But then it was also you know, be flexible. You don't know what students' needs are, and some of them might have not have access to technology. And you know, do sort of be as flexible as you can, and and maybe you know, don't hold class if people can't come, and and all that stuff. Um, and so it was irritating. But I found that you know, I'm holding class when my class meetings were before this all this craziness happened. I think the students are kind of anxious to have something to do, and you know, they're, they're stepping up to the, to the challenge. So I think it's nice. gone fine. And you are, of course, still charging them full tuition, right? Uh, well, I wouldn't say flag is. <clears throat> tuition, Skidmore is tuition, yes, but I think they've been, um, they've definitely gotten their room and board prorated pretty significantly, I think. Speaking of this um, distance learning Zoom and, and whatever this new virtual world we're in, Ryan, you were listening to a podcast and uh, you had a story Bill Simmons told about Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, so Bill Simmons was interviewing Jimmy Kimmel, and he was talking about how the reason Bill Simmons first moved to L.A. in, like, 2003 or 2004 was he went to work on um, the Jimmy Kimmel uh, show when it first started. And he's so he was talking to him, and he said, and, you know, I've said this a few times, and, well, you're basically the Jackie Robinson of working on your laptop while sitting on the toilet <laughs> and Jimmy Kimmel was like, he's like, kind of, you can tell he's kind of embarrassed. He's like, yeah, I've heard you say that. And then he's like, and he's like to this day, you know, if you look at my likes on Instagram, you can pretty much track my bowel movements because that's the only time I get on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> now I have a question about this Jackie Robinson thing. So, is he saying that that Jimmy Kimmel broke the color barrier? They, I think there were people that were trying to keep. I'm assuming it's everyone. There were there was like a the establishment was trying to keep everyone from taking their laptops into the bathroom, and they were just like, no. And you would get like <laughs> jeered and treated just like really horribly if you try to take your laptop in the bathroom. And so. Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy Kimmel put up with it. He was the first. He broke the barrier that, you know, now we can all take our laptops in the bathroom. That's, that's brave of him. And also, it'd be super brave if Tom's included this segment. <laughs> I was going to make a color of poop joke. <laughs> oh, I see. I don't, I don't think... I don't think... I went, I did, I, I went the other way. I, I went the way the other way with it that, like, you know, there were, there were like, people... You know, there was some because it's like a, it's like an insane. It really like when he said, I was like, Jackie, Rob, that's what you went with. Jackie Robinson, like, <laughs> like go with like Neil Armstrong or something yeah, like yeah. that. Transition. This is a uh, a song I wrote um, after my, uh, you know, wild success with the Battle Hymn of Vic song. You know, that was such a. The hit on the on the twitters people are still talking about it yeah i think so and and so <laughs> i I've, I've shifted from poetry to to songwriting and uh you know who better um who's a better subject for a song than than dr thomas lassie no one okay so let's uh, play it I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. 
I'm young, pasty, and Swedish, and you can't wait to meet this, and I'm not throwing away my shot from the Arctic Circle to Oklahoma. I probably shouldn't brag, but dag, I speak Finnish. The problem is my accent just won't diminish. Some defiance and political science. Yo, look, I got my diploma. I'm a teacher of war. I got charm galore. All the drinks I pour. Lady Hata for sure. Only 36, but my Volvo is older. These Arizona streets get hot and they smolder. Every burden, every disadvantage I've learned to manage. Now I got a mic to brandish. My hosting skills, outlandish. The plan is to take my podcast on the road. If only fucking Ryan would carry his load. I am the T-H-O-M-A-S-P-H-D. We are, we are meant to be a podcast that counts regularly. Meanwhile, Chris interrupts endlessly. Ryan's on time, occasionally. And thanks to Jason, no one will ever agree. Those brackets prevent all harmony. Megathread won't end this century. Hey, Lassie, are you into me? Don't be shocked when the subbeacon mentions me. Clarity Media, you see, cause the substandard to flee. We'll do a dance when those fuckers declare bankruptcy. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I'm young, pasted Swedish, and you can't wait to meet this, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I'm young, pasted Swedish, and you can't wait to meet this, and I'm not throwing away my shot. Time to take a shot. I don't know that I I told that my my uh, my kids were listening when I recorded that and then I played it back and I thought and I said to them that that was going to turn out better in my head. <laughs> Flag, I thought you wrote it. I didn't realize you also performed it. <laughs> yeah, I was after the last one. I wasn't going to let you perform perform it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask to perform your song. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm dying. <laughs> so did did Scotty uh, provide the music, or were you at a, like a Casio Wait, keyboard? Have you the- guys not heard the Hamilton song "My Shot"? No, uh, no. That's uh, just that's well, just the Hamilton music. You guys need to listen. Like you will appreciate even more like how great that is if you right. had. Ryan, you shared like eight Hamilton songs. No, I shared like two Hamilton songs. <laughs> it was a lot, and I dutifully listened to every single one you shared. Um, but... One of them is not that one. Okay, all right. Who, who, who is it originally about? Alexander Hamilton. What was As... the genesis of this? One day you were listening to the Hamilton soundtrack, and you're like, I could write a song about Thomas. Yes. That <laughs> happened about, to be honest with you, that happened about eight months ago. <laughs> <laughs> When I was on my um, poetry sabbatical, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the the lyrics did not come to me until much later. I thought you were going to say that the funding didn't come to you until much later. Yeah, to... <laughs> I'm assuming you got an NEA grant for this. Yeah. Oh shit! What are they called? Uh, Genius scholarships, fellowships. Oh yeah, the, the MacArthur. MacArthur. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, I have uh, I have a remember when for this episode. So with uh, the quarantines and the economy doing poorly, uh, airlines have been really badly hit, and they are like tanking and canceling flights and everything. 
Do you remember when the airline's biggest problem was that they dragged a doctor down the aisle and <laughs> injured him in the process? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it was good, it was, good times. Yeah, like back in April of 2017 at O'Hare International Airport uh, at the United Airlines flight, they dragged a Vietnamese-American passenger down the aisle because it was overbooked and he refused to give up his seat. I believe the flight attendant said, we're here to kick ass, (laughs) sell tickets, and we're all out of tickets. (laughs) Do you think... That like in like three months they're gonna be talking about that like nostalgically like do you remember when we could just like tell anybody we wanted to get the fuck off the plane and they couldn't do anything about it ah the good old days <laughs> though they had paid in full for their ticket and selected their seat now they're gonna be dragging people down the jetway onto the planes yes <laughs> get your fucking wallet out. <laughs> Oh, how the turns have tabled. From remember when to a quiz. A quiz, yes. This quiz is uh, only for the doctors among us. So I guess we only have one. But as a doctor, I recently received a a memo from uh, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci and the CDC. I have have Um, two master's degrees. That does that just doesn't count. Um, (laughs) That's like that's like junior varsity. Do you have to go to college to be a doctor? Yeah, lots of college. Um, So I'm not not a doctor. I got this memo uh, that was sent to state health professionals and other assorted doctors. (laughs) And the bad news is that there's another virus and it's spreading fast. Its point of origin is somewhere in Woodbridge, Virginia. And therefore, some are calling it the Woody virus. (laughs) (laughs) But Dr. Fauci and the CDC are adamant that this virus should not be associated with erections in in any way. Erectile dysfunction is not a symptom. Uh, Taking Viagra will not do anything for you. You hear that, Ming? Are erections a symptom, though? (laughs) As far as I know, no. Okay. The the virus, the, the really tricky thing is that the virus has very similar symptoms to the coronavirus. But the treatment is dramatically different. And so the proper name for this virus is the Moana virus. <laughs> the virus is so aggressive that the country is going to need all the doctors it can get to assist in its eradication. And so the CDC has developed a short quiz to see which doctors, even lady doctors, might be capable of assisting in identifying the carriers of this virulent virus. And it's so, so bad they're having lady doctors treat it? That that bad. And, it's and a, so it's we a want virul- a, virulent virus. Yes, I want to administer this this uh, quiz to uh, Dr. Lassie, and if he passes, you know, we're going to send him out in search of, uh, you know, potential carriers. So the quiz works in the following way. I'm going to list four symptoms, sets of four symptoms, and one out of every four symptoms belongs to the Moana virus. And so Dr. Lassie just has to identify which one of the four symptoms um, is Moana virus. So... Are you ready, Thomas? All right, all right, all right. All right. Set symptom set one: A. Dizziness. B. Itchiness. C. Thinking Moana is some sort of Christian parable when, it, in fact, it's about heathen Pacific Islanders. Or D. 
genital warts. So this is a good one. It could, it could be D. But <laughs> my, my, my instincts say that it's probably it's C. C. Correct. Correct. All right. Set two. A. Elevated fever. B. Dry cough. C. You own a Moana microphone. And D. <laughs> hair loss. <laughs> Uh, so D is ED, uh, A sounds like COVID, uh, C. Excellent, excellent, two for two. Set three, A, itchy rash, B, shortness of breath, C, thinking it's, quote, Jason's fault that Moana lost in the first round of the Disney bracket, <laughs> and D, aggressive diarrhea. Uh, C, C. Excellent, three for three. Set number four, A, depression, B, memory loss, C, thinking the angry pirate coconuts in Moana are, quote, interesting and evocative, or D, bloody stool. Uh, Everybody knows that ninjas are better than pirates, so C. Excellent. All right, last set. You're four for four. If you you get this one right, we're going to send you out as a Moana virus doctor. A, sore throat. B, degeneration of fine motor skills. C, being absolutely certain about the number of islands portrayed in the film Moana. Or D, loss of appetite. (laughs) I'll tell you that after I watched Moana, I lost my appetite for a week. Uh, But so, uh, C. Wow. Thomas, you are officially deputized. You'll get a, uh, a letter in the official letter from Dr. Fauci within a week. Uh, and so we're going to send you out in search of uh, carriers of this malignant strain. Yeah, I mean, I, I accept the responsibility of going to the front lines and trying to protect not just the United States, but the world. Thank uh, you, Dr. Lassie. Does he get a lab coat with that? I sure hope so. I'm a doctor. I already have several. You're so brave. So brave. <laughs> uh, um. No, I can't think of a good transition. No, wait. No. Are you uh, growing a mustache? <laughs> I have not sha- shaved in 12 days, Ryan. See? I'm, I'm growing everything. Oh, okay. I see that now. I, I, Swedes are not furry creatures. I just noticed the soul patch and was wondering if he was uh, going for that because chicks dig the soul patch apparently uh, you can get a lot of wives if you have a soul patch <laughs> speaking of soul patches uh this week we were going to watch the, uh, the abyss but ryan called an audible and instead we have watched episodes of the netflix sensation tiger king so ryan tell the audience what this show is about how am I supposed to tell people what this is about? I didn't know how to explain it to you guys. <laughs> this, I, uh, so, Rose, she's very active on Instagram. She saw, like, Jilly Hendrix Instagramming about it, who's a funny person on Instagram, and other people. Thomas knows who she is. And, um, and, and so she's like, oh, we need to watch Tiger King. And I was like, okay, great. This sounds like it's going to be terrible. And I don't know. It's about big cats, people who own big cats and have big cat zoos, like tiger zoos or whatever. But like that's the least like the tigers 
are the least <laughs> weird thing about <laughs> this right, Doctor right, series. All right, so so I'm I'm I've only made it through uh, two episodes. So how many different Sus is it about? Like four, five? Well, I mean, so so the main thing is about the the three. There's uh, Joe Exotic in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. There is. Doc Antle, a uh, doctor of mystical sciences. <laughs> in, Flo- in Florida. Right? I should, and, send, he's I should send him the he, quiz. He introduces himself as doctor. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, in Florida. And then there no, is he's, Carol. Is he in Myrtle Beach? Yeah. Myrtle Beach. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, oh, Myrtle Beach. Oh, uh, yeah. Carol. Carol. Um, I don't know what her last name is. Yeah. She is a... She runs a big cat rescue, which is extremely similar to <laughs> the guy the she's trying to put out of business. <laughs> right. It seems like they're both they're all just doing the same thing and she's just like taking a different angle. But she claims that she is totally against big cat zoos and she says that standing in front of her uh, uh wildly successful big cat zoo. <laughs> Uh, um, all right, so I, I I don't know where to start. So it sets up this thing where we we start by following Joe Exotic, and, right? And and his I, I don't like redneck big cat Sioux in Oklahoma. Yeah. So Thomas, you you got your I, master's degree in Oklahoma. I'm I'm just before we start, <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious if just watching Joe Exotic talk. Um, if that just made you feel at home? How have you not been there? <laughs> he does not strike me as the typical Oklahoman. Well. Okay. For, for several reasons. <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's the category of country gay. <laughs> Is that actually a thing? Is that a category? <laughs> I mean, he, he makes music videos. He makes country gay music videos with his husband's. <laughs> Husbands. <laughs> That's the first item on the country gay list. Is music videos with your husbands. Okay, who wants to give the description to our dear listener of Joe Exotic? Dear God. So, so like he, so when he first sits down on the couch, He's like, oh, I don't want to take my hat off because I have a mullet. And I'm like, you think that that's what people are going to, like, <laughs> notice about that you have a mullet? Like, his hair is bleach blonde, like, coming out the back, like, down to his shoulders, out the back of his hat. He has he's 50 very, different rings. He has, yes, so many piercings. Um, he definitely sounds it, like a... That we can a see. Hillbilly. Yeah, that we can. <laughs> he definitely sounds like a hillbilly, but also, like, he... He like makes an effort to be also like effeminate, uh, like while keeping his hillbilly, you know, southern accent. And he carries a um, a forty five revolver at all the time. At all times. Why is that? Is that in case a a, a tiger attacks him? He says no. no. He says he'd shoot you before he, <laughs> he shoots. Says it's for people. It's for it's for when he shoots his own property in his backyard. Yeah, yeah. Randomly, randomly, there are scenes where he grabs like a pump action shotgun and just goes and fires it into the water, into the lake. <laughs> he does that. Yeah, like and he has like all of his employees do that. Like employees. That's, be- quote. that's before he loses a lawsuit, and the the items named the lawsuit 
things like his mattress um, and various other items that he owns before he takes a uh, an assault rifle and fires it at those. Okay, so 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 Joe Exotic uh, runs this zoo in Winwood, uh, Oklahoma. He has two hundred and eighty cats, or however, like a crazy number, uh, oh. and alligators. Yeah, but he got his start or got into cats at Doc Zoo, right? Doc Antle, yeah, he mm-hmm. was he was friends. He was, of Mystic Doc, Doc Antle was his mentor. And so Doc uh, later in episode one, Doc Antle comes on to the scene and he's this he's bald, but he also has he still has a ponytail, uh, a gray, <laughs> gray, white ponytail. He has a gray soul patch. <laughs> and his first is his um, that's not even the weirdest thing about him. Like <laughs> he 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 comes like when he has so at his zoo in Myrtle Beach. When he does like um, you know a presentation, right? He rides in on an elephant and says that he is Doctor Bogvan Antle to <laughs> the crowd, and Bogvan means Lord. <laughs> we find that out later, and it like I mean I think like uh, Donald Trump would be envious of his narcissism because <laughs> he, he thinks a lot of himself. Yeah, and uh, the, the elephant appears to be his main mode of transportation. There's this scene, <laughs> there's this scene in the second episode where he's riding it down the street to the right. wire theme music, and it is great. He has, he has so many golf carts, but he's always riding an elephant. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you, honestly, if you had an right. elephant? Right. I don't forget. So, yeah. And so, w- what is the main thing that Doc and Joe Exotic have in common? Uh, they charge people large amounts of money to get close to and take pictures with tiger cubs, leopard cubs, lion cubs. They breed and sell exotic animals. That's not what I would have said. I no, would have, I, yeah, I would have I, gone I, with, I, the, with the cult terrible. following that includes many sexual partners. <laughs> I would have said they both have a harem. Now, Joe, <laughs> Joe has an um, undeterminate amount of husbands, and Doc Hantle has between nine, between four and nine wives, which he, he labels apprentices. And, and Doc Hantle's... <laughs> so, so Doc Antle's um, farm is called Tigers, T period, I period, G period, E period, R period, S period. Do they ever explain what that is an acronym <laughs> for? I, I don't know, but uh, they they do show their website at one point, and they talk about how uh, they're <gasps> all vegetarians yeah. and they do yoga. Yeah, uh, because we find out that uh, one one well, she was a girl at the time she went there, um, but she managed to escape. Um, she said the she woman went, from Iowa. Yeah, she thought, and and she starts off. So she's she's got she's managed to get away from Doc Antle's cult, and but she starts off the interview by saying, "I love Doc. I'll always love Doc," and then she goes on to explain how. Just a horrific person he is, and I'm like, what? And she says she looked on his website and she saw, oh, he's into yoga and he's into like animal training. Oh, I'm gonna go be a yoga animal trainer. 
Well, she, she was like, it's, it sounded like, like paradise, you know, right. it's yeah. Like you get to yeah. go do your favorite things. It's great. Here's Only to the find out that they work, they work literally 365 days a year, no holidays off, no, like no days off, even like not in one year, not in two years. And they work 8 a.m. to midnight. Now, here's my question. <laughs> like these women he's all sleeping with, is that part of their shift? <laughs> or does well, that hours of midnight and 8 a.m. So the woman from Ames who got away, I didn't write down her Barbara name. Barbara Fisher. Barbara Fisher. Barbara Fisher. She says, I didn't want to sleep with Doc, but the living conditions were so... And she said, clearly the way to get ahead was by sleeping with Doc. So, of course, then I thought, oh, well, then I'll do anything to get out of this horrible living because yeah. she talked about like, how living like in a barn with cockroaches. they were li- living in horse barns where they were just given like you know loaves of bread and peanut butter or whatever and she said like her bread was just like like even you know wrapped up was still just covered in cockroaches so yeah <laughs> you're like after like a couple weeks of that you're gonna be like i'll bang anyone at this point <laughs> I want to add a perplexing detail about the Barbara Fisher story. So after she she um, she goes into this this uh, the fact that she she found this guy on this website mm-hmm. and was fascinated by the yoga and the big cats and immediately says, I want to go work for him. She says, I got my father to drive me there. And he dropped me off and let me out of the car. And all he said was, don't sleep with your boss. <laughs> he, said, she said, he could tell he was a cheap getter. Like, what the fuck does that mean? You you dropped off like your 18 year old daughter. Like, oh, that guy's a chick getter. <laughs> At the big cat farm. You're telling I'm me just, you, 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 you guys wouldn't. Take one look at Doc Antle and drop your daughters off. Is that what you're saying? Right. I'm saying at some point in her childhood, social services. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but all right, all right. So wait, wait. I just want to say because Chris talked about this. I want to say how cr- the words that Doc Antle used to describe living at uh, uh, Tigers, and that was Shangri-La, unbelievable, unprecedented, unprecedented. Andrew, magical and incredible. I mean, where's the, where's the lie? <laughs> on your perspective, for him, bro, I mean. All of that aside, at least, at the very least, these Zeus are safe. Well, except the employee who got her arm eaten off. <laughs> <laughs> one minor incident. It's one minor incident. One, one <laughs> loses an arm. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta get, we gotta really dig in and unpack this this incident here. <laughs> so, so the guy, uh, so we have footage of like immediately after her arm gets eaten off because. Wait, hang on, is this not a he? A she? <laughs> no, it's what? That's like yeah, a it's, woman who works there. Oh, the only, okay. person, the only person Joe isn't sleeping with. Uh, <laughs> So, so we have footage of this because Joe ha- had like a, a web TV show, and he brought in he brought in this producer who one of his credits was he was a producer for Bill O'Reilly when he was on Inside Edition. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> His name is like Rickham or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so like he was just like basically filming all the time. So we have footage immediately after her arm is nearly bitten off. And uh, so it's just like, you know, shaky camera, just chaos. And at one point you hear Joe <laughs> Joe say, "Fuck the fire extinguisher." <laughs> what does that mean? Was somebody like, oh, somebody got their arm bitten off and they just grabbed the fire extinguisher? Or what was the context? Because there's no context given for that. I think and you so, can use that to put out the bleeding. <laughs> it's protocol. When there's an, when there's any incident, you show up with a fire extinguisher. Put oh, out the bleeding. Down. And then they, they take her to the hospital. She's in the hospital for a grand total of seven days. So in the hospital, so she's talking after the fact and talking to the documentary and to demonstrate that she remembers because she could have kept her arm. And so to demonstrate that she knows that she could still use her arm after she was bitten, she says, I remember Joe and John Rinky came to visit me in the hospital and at one point, I woke up, and John, or and Rinky, as she calls him, gave me a piece of paper. And so I wrote my name down on it with my arm that was bitten, and then I gave it back to him. And so she's like, so that, she's just saying that to demonstrate she could have kept the arm if she wanted to. What the fuck did she sign? <laughs> if, if you're at work, and in the course of your job, your arm gets nearly torn off or any limb, any limb. And while you're in a drug-induced haze, your employer brings you a paper to sign. Don't sign it. Have you not seen any personal injury lawyer commercials? Like, do you not watch TV? Don't sign anything. Like, that's that's the whole... Well, they tell her... her, Don't sign anything. We can save your arm. You'll just have to do a few months of rehabilitation. And she's like, no, man, I told him just to cut it off. And I was back to work in a week. Yeah. (laughs) Wanted to show them that it wasn't that bad. Because she thought it would be bad PR for the zoo. (laughs) She says the doctor told her we can save the arm, that it's going to be several surgeries and like several months of recovery. And she says, fuck that. Take the arm off. <laughs> and she's back at work in in seven days doing an interview with the web TV show at Joe's farm. And, and the web TV show is 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 a really special thing. The only clips we get to see of it, uh, basically, it's it's as if somebody even less gifted in AV than say Ryan and me were to say, let's start a web show. And to like set up our laptops and stand in front of a screen and shout like the same thing every night about his obsession with this Carol chick, which we'll transition to in a minute. Yeah. Well, we'll transition there in just a minute. Um, But yeah, so so he has his own web show that at one point in the first episode, does he say there's like a couple dozen or like seven viewers or something? Seventy, I think. Seventy viewers. 80. He says 80. Oh, the the 80 producer who he brought in, the producer from Bill O'Reilly's Inside Edition, who he brought, he says at the time that he brought me in, because he claims that he gave it a level of professionalism, 
um, by by bringing him in. He said at the time I came on, he had seventy, he had eighty viewers watching it live. That seems like, I mean, Not a lot. But Not. it was a night. It was a, like a nightly show that he had. Like it's like every night he'd like turn on the webcam and and just like rant about Carol. So hey, they put so, the camera in the right direction. Yeah. So who wants to talk about Carol? The first episode kind of sets up Carol as if she's going to be the hero of our story. And then when I told you guys to watch it, I guess I'd forgotten that she there's nothing really bad like said about her in the first episode. You think that like she's an animal rights activist. She's claiming that she she only cares about um the tigers and she wants to shut down doc antle and joe because she's just like such a good person and she just cares so much about the tigers although they do show her at her own <laughs> what she calls big rescue. cat rescue but right, and, Thomas, and, uh, there, there is a point in the first episode where she talks about how oh, these zoos are so terrible and we're going to rescue the cats and the cats are going to come back here and live here in captivity until they die. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, how are you different? Yeah. <laughs> I. the cages actually seem smaller. Yeah. Yeah. yeah her zoo. I mean, her, 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 her zoo looks legitimately shittier <laughs> than the other two zoos. <laughs> it's like it's. They definitely have much less room at her zoo, and because she talks about them being in cages. And then there's a direct cut to like a, a tiger sticking its head through like a small hole in its cage to drink yeah. to drink his water. And I'm just like, it's it's making it seem like she's the good. Guy. What is <laughs> like she's doing the same thing? Like uh, do they have to live there until they die? That seems like a long time. Yeah. My, my my favorite part about her though is the well after they get through, I think going. Um, I think it's I think it's in the second episode maybe after they talk about how much the guys at uh at Joe Exotic and Doc Antle's uh Antle's places get paid and they live in these shitty trailers and they get treated horribly then they go to the Carol Baskin place and it turns out she that's all like interns and volunteers but she has this like medieval t-shirt system where there's this bizarre hierarchy and no one's getting paid, but these people have worked there for years, and they have to work on Christmas. And and, and all you all you get for all those years of work is a different color shirt. Right. Yeah. And she says at one point she doesn't even fucking notice them until they're five years in of working for free. Yeah. <laughs> on holidays. What the second episode is when it starts to turn on her and shows like, oh yeah, she's she's just as much a villain in this as. You know, Joe and Doc. Right. Like, oh, there's and and, no good. and P.S. She also might have killed her husband and fed him to the tigers. Ah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> killed her husband for her husband, who was like thirty years older than her and like super rich, and he and went for a walk. Her. He went for a walk one day, and you know, out with the tigers and stuff, and just never came back. <laughs> Wasn't it a romantic story of just a meat meat cute? You know, it's just a typical story. A boy meets girl. She's young and alone. He's 35 years older than her. Drives up in a pickup. Says, Mary. get in the car. She says, no. He says, get in the car. She says, no. He comes, like, she walks away. He drives, drives up to her. He says, get in the car. And the third time, he says, fine. You can hold a gun on me. And she says, okay. 
I'll get the car. Classic. Classic. So I held a gun on him as we drove around and talked. You know, it's just your classic boy meets girl. Yeah. I haven't watched all of it, but at some point, Joe Exotic ends up in jail. Right. Yes. Sure. Sure. I'm not there yet, but he's calling from prison at the beginning. They say a, a collect call from an inmate at some prison in Oklahoma. In Does he kill someone? Well, so someone, they, they mentioned this. So he's arrested for, allegedly he was, he was accused of hiring a, a contract killer. And we did, well, I haven't gotten, I've watched the first three and a half episodes. I haven't gotten to any of the contract killer stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like an insane like it's already insane, but that's like an even more insane twist to all of this. I would like to talk about the uh Miami drug lord uh, uh Mar- Mario? Mario. Uh at, at at Ryan's suggestion, I, I thought this show would be okay for my children, which will <laughs> which we'll come back to in a minute. You know but I, I wanted I wanted to communicate Flag Five's reaction to the Miami drug lord. So we're we're watching it, and you know he's sort of like this guy's this this guy seems kind of kind of decent, but he's a drug he's a drug lord. It's like yeah, he looks like he was in jail and he got out, and and so he he's he's like listening to him, watching him interact with the animals, and and he so he looks at me, he's like, well, as long as he's not selling drugs anymore, he, he seems like a pretty decent guy now. And then a few minutes later, he turns to me after they've been showing his wife with the monkeys, like. I think I'm gonna get a monkey later in life. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so this Mario guy earlier in it's the second episode, I think he talks about the fact that he has been to jail, but it wasn't really his fault. It was employees that worked for him who like used a saw on someone. And... He, no, no, no. He admits. <laughs> he 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 says that his employees killed the DEA agent. A DEA agent and dumped him on his property. And so he says, well, what else was they going to do at that point other than cut up his body in <laughs> on camera and he's the most normal person in the show. <laughs> he is far and away the most normal. Easily. He says, no, no. So the documentary crew finally gets on his big cat zoo or whatever the fuck it is he says <laughs> the the documentary guy says oh this looks pretty secure he says oh yeah this place is stupid proof because people will do stupid stuff and i'm like yeah yeah I'm like yeah like stick their arm in the tiger cage and get it bitten off and i'm like he's, he's, he's his zoo looks the most like sophisticated and secure of anybody yeah, he's the hero. The hero we need. <laughs> I, I, I do want to have an instant correction. It was it wasn't a DEA agent. It was a DEA informer. So you know, <laughs> stitches uh, snitches get <laughs> stitches get their bodies and burned. Did they, did they stitch him up before they burnt him? Well, that was nice. <laughs> Uh, uh, are there any other highlights of this? That yeah, so flag. Uh, yeah. Good for chi- good good for children. Yeah, so back to that that little uh, conundrum that I was confronted with. Ryan Ryan said 
and I and this is a more or less a direct quote. It's like other than language, I don't think there's a big deal with with the show. You can show it to your kids, and, and I said, yeah, well, we're both from the Vic Matta school of uh, you know television and movie parenting, so you know I'm I'm okay with a little bad language. Uh, flash forward, flash forward to the to the middle of episode two when when John, husband number one of Joe Exotic, unzips his pants and you see the property of Joe Exotic tattoo above his crotch. I thought maybe I'll turn it off now. Maybe Maggie shouldn't watch this. I missed that. Like I was, I, like I said, I was probably texting you guys when that part was. Um, I do, ha- I do want to say, like um, Joe Exotic, husband number two. I just wanted to read his bio really quick. Uh, Travis. So yeah, Travis. Um, they show him doing his, um, you know, introductory interview yeah. for the TV show. Um, so it's nineteen from LA. Has two husbands. Pretty straight. <laughs> He's pretty straight because he he likes the bigger ones and not the smaller Wait, ones. Is a, Ron, is a direct quote for quote. Do you guys remember the comedian Ron White, who was famous in like the early to mid two thousands? Yeah. Uh, the uh, he was like on the redneck comedy tour yeah, like with. Drink- Drink a scotch always when he yeah. did this comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of like that. That that joke that he told was so. Um, he says that uh, he asked Joe says I asked Travis how how straight are you and Travis says pretty straight and then Joe says well do you watch porn and he says yeah and he <laughs> says so when you watch porn do you like seeing the guy with the little penis. Fucking the girl, or the guy with the big, huge penis fucking the girl. And he says, oh, well, definitely the big, huge penis. And he says, well, you're not that straight. That is a word-for-word Ron White joke from the early to mid-2000s. Yeah, so I I think this is just a testament of uh, the interesting um, allure of basically these cult leaders, that this guy gets this 19... So this guy is... uh, Joe uh, Exotic is not a good-looking man. He's not a young man. (laughs) No. He's not an able-bodied man. He uh, He wears a knee brace all the time. He attempted suicide in in, earlier in his life, and and, and, and so here's this ridiculous-looking human being who gets this 19-year-old straight man uh, surfer dude from California he's, to come work for like him. A straight up stud, like straight up he's stud. And like six, six months later, he turns him gay and like marries him. Three way, three way, three way marriage. Three way. He talks his first husband into saying, "Let's have a ceremony to introduce a second husband." Um, which I think. Had, wait a minute. Important, de- important question. Do we think it's was after John got the above crotch tattoo? That Joe proposed the second husband. I don't know, but for some reason, husband number one never wears a shirt in any of the TV show. Like when he's when they're interviewing him, he has no shirt on. 
Was it that he showed off the tattoo, like, right away and then never put his shirt back on? No, or maybe, like, at one point, maybe he was in decent shape, but he's... He's... <laughs> he's definitely overweight by the time they're filming the documentary. And how, he's like, yeah, I'll do it with my shirt off. How old, how old is he? Do we know? He looks like he's, like, in his mid-30s. Sad. No. Uh, Older, right? Early forties, maybe. Oh no, that's hard living. He's yeah, that's he's hard he's living. A young guy. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's uh, drugs. That's whatever. Yeah. Like, he has a so, for like anti-drug campaign. And like, so at one point, Joe is commenting on Carol and how, um, because they they show how Carol gets all these volunteers and just like free labor for a long until they get the right shirt. Then they start getting they get their paid <laughs> their paid shirt. And Joe says, like, um, yeah, Carol, I don't know how she gets all these people to do all her bullshit for her for free. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> you don't know? Because <laughs> you're doing basically the same thing. <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a husband who said he was straight and, you know, working for you, you know, 19 hours a day. Because they point out how the guys who work for Joe... How they get their meals? Because uh, so we should go back. So Doc Antle says oh it costs ten thousand dollars a year to feed a tiger, <laughs> and then it cuts to Joe saying, "I feed a tiger for three thousand dollars a year." <laughs> like, how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> First he says, "Oh yeah, we got the Florida or the uh, the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. They call me in time. They got <laughs> they got an animal killed on the side of the road." And it shows them just, like, bringing all these just mangled animals in that they're throwing into the tigers. And the other thing he says is, like, expired meats <laughs> from Walmart. He's a Walmart <laughs> connection. Of course he has a Walmart connection. <laughs> Walmart connection. And he says, you know, if you go to the register and you try to buy a steak and your card gets declined, well, that steak goes in the trash once it leaves the refrigeration area it can't go back on the shelf and first of all is that true i don't (laughs) that's true like i'm sure each of us have walked around with some meat in our cart and put it back right yeah usually like there have been times when i've had something that's refrigerated and maybe i'm in the beer section and i'll be like actually i don't want this and i'll put it at least back in the beer refrigerator <laughs> but I, I don't like you know I don't need three packs of hot dogs and like, but I don't know if they just if you go up to the register and try to buy something and you for whatever reason don't buy it. as long as it's in some sort of package surely they will just put it back yeah. But but, was, but did you see how much meat they had? They were yeah. unloading these trucks. Yeah. <laughs> But was the, so, was the Walmart food for the tigers or the or the employees? <laughs> I thought the expired Walmart food was for the employees. No, no, that's for the tigers. But he lets the employees have first pick. That's one of the. That's one of the. Yeah. Of he said we can. Joke. We don't offer dental or vision, but you, you get expired meats. No overtime. First pick of the expired meat. <laughs> I wish I had I wish I had asked that of Skidmore when they gave me my first contract. 
so uh, let's round this up. Ryan, you, you want the last word on Joe Exotic and Doc and... Everything we've said is is like maybe 50% as weird as the actual <laughs> show. <laughs> I mean. That's the weirdest. I think it's the weirdest I've thing watched, I've ever seen on television. I've watched more than you guys, and it still gets more... I'm just like... Are you fucking serious? Like, after everything we've talked about, there's still things that surprise me. Do you remember uh, Do you remember when we had Mary and Shark on the show and we talked about yes. lore? Yes. This yeah, reminds yeah, yeah, me yeah, of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. That's all I could think about when it's roar, yes. <laughs> all right. That is all the time we are giving to this episode. Hope you are all having fun in quarantine. Uh, complaints, objections, corrections, tweet at JVLast on Twitter.com. We will see you next week. Good night and good luck. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I'm young, pasty, and Swedish, and you can't wait to meet this, and I'm not throwing away my shot from the Arctic Circle to Oklahoma. I probably shouldn't brag, but dag, I speak Finnish. The problem is my accent just won't diminish. Some defiance and political science. Yo, look, I got my diploma. I'm a teacher of war. I got charm galore. All the drinks I pour. Lady Hata for sure. Only 36, but my Volvo is older. These Arizona streets get hot and they smolder. Every burden, every disadvantage I've learned to manage. Now I got a mic to brandish. My hosting skills, outlandish. The plan is to take my podcast on the road. If only fucking Ryan would carry his load. I am the T-H-O-M-A-S-P-H-D. We are, we are meant to be a podcast that counts regularly. Meanwhile, Chris interrupts endlessly. Ryan's on time, occasionally. And thanks to Jason, no one will ever agree. Those brackets prevent all harmony. Megathread won't end this century. Hey, Lassie, are you into me? Don't be shocked when the subbeacon mentions me. Clarity Media, you see, cause the substandard to flee. We'll do a dance when those fuckers declare bankruptcy. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I'm young, pasted Swedish, and you can't wait to meet this, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I'm young, pasted Swedish, and you can't wait to meet this, and I'm not throwing away my shot. Time to take a shot.